0: This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Get 20% off using the code SWN20 for that 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Welcome to the SWN Podcast. I am your host, as always, Billy, and I am back. For you guys, for everyone listening, it has been a week. For me, it's been about a month since I've recorded an interview, so hopefully, fingers crossed, this will go well. Uh, I mean, considering my last, what, 200 interviews have went okay, uh, this well would be an improvement. I am joined on this podcast by someone that uh, I've, I've actually... We've, we've interacted quite a lot over the years but we've never actually physically met i don't think we've actually no. had a conversation like this before which is weird but you know it it's it's nice <laughs> but i'm joined by discovery wrestling's very own international broadcast analyst himself it's darren t welcome to the show
1: well, well thank you i really welcomed you then this is a fantastic start as i thought <laughs> it would be also i want to apologize to all the, the people out there in tv world I don't have my laptop working, I couldn't get my tablet to work, so I'm on my phone, which means I've got to hold it. Not in a good place, so you see in my barren greenback, like bullfrog jaw, but there's not a lot we can do about that, so um, there you go. That's how we start off things, is me talking about my my fat
0: jaw. That, that's okay. We've had past guests, we've had, uh, well, we've had some from up in the northeast whose internet doesn't work in the Granite City, so we've had ones that have just been stutters the whole way through, and we've had I had yeah. a guest guest at one point just do do it like they were at a party and just went into like a back room to do it for, for to record for half an hour and it was very weird because they were they're all glammed up and I was just there in a scrubby t shirt going how do you like wrestling <laughs> so yeah so you're fine it's gonna be good we're okay
1: I'm in the front of my house which is where the internet's best so I
0: I'm in my Thank office you. where the internet is okay. So okay. Nice. I'm in the sticks. I'm I'm an Elgin. That's just uh internet is a luxury. Oh I'm in the
1: Wells Valley. You know, I am surprised we got electricity here Let's be honest. <laughs> look, you know. I'm going there now. I don't know what look, you're on a wanky journey with me, folks, there. It's like the Blair Witch project. It's only oh there no, that's the Anyway, let's let's get on with it rather than me looking myself.
0: So you're from the sticks, I'm from the sticks. You know, how's that how's that lights doing? That's, uh Well no, I used I, you know, originally I'm from Cardiff, which is
1: quite a dignified place, but um, I'm here now. So there we go. Yeah.
0: So let's, let's do an interview then. Um, let's do an interview. God. Why not? It's clearly been, been two few weeks since I've done this. So I can't remember how to start a podcast. Uh, how'd you get into wrestling? So that's the easy question. What was your moment? What was your catalyst for loving this wrestling thing?
1: Um, well, I was part of the 1990-1991 phase, which kicked off over here I remember so say 91 I had Sky and there was a friend of mine that didn't have Sky and he wanted to see Wrestlemania 7 so I said I'll tape it for you which would have been on Sky movies at the time so I went to tape it but much like every other bit of technology I've got my um, video recorder wasn't working so I had to watch it now I've never seen wrestling before so I'm trying to explain what's happening to him to it like he picked him up he dropped him on the floor then i don't know what's going on half the time i'd forget to put down who won the matches and by three quarters of the way in i was bored out of my mind and i just gave up so n- not the best review um probably better than Meltzer, but you know no stars no stars for that um however somewhere in between then and SummerSlam 91 oh my god this phone let's let's just say that somewhere in between there and SummerSlam 91 i was hooked and um, I remember being disappointed to go on holiday because I meant I would miss SummerSlam 91. So that was the the point for me, was in between WrestleMania 7, SummerSlam 91. Um, I was hooked in it then, and I sort of, unlike everyone else I knew as a kid, who grew out of it in a year or two. And as my family hoped I'd grew out of it, grow out of it, I didn't. And here I am now, a decrepit old man, still watching men in pants pretend to divide.
0: Kindred Spirits there, because yeah, I think, yeah, I think yeah. that's the same. Although, it's weird that I'm actually speaking to someone who, because everyone I've kind of spoke to or, or know has been the guy that, that got the tapes from their pal that had Skybox Office or Sky Movies or... It's nice to speak to someone who was on the other side of it. <laughs> had, uh, yeah, that's, that's had it. Well, you know,
1: way back. We had a remote control on the video recorder, but it, it was joined by a lead, and it would um, play, stop, fast forward, wouldn't rewind. I don't know why. There you go. No pause button either. But you you needed to know people out there. Yeah,
0: kids these days don't know that they're they're born. They, they don't know don't. they're born. They, just,
1: they don't know the joys of a video recorder not working, and you'd have to press the bottom and the tape would eject at the top. So yeah.
0: And I've got a bunch of tapes up in my parents' loft. That's going to have. Uh, I'll have to check out each and every one before I can even use it for mold. And like you just, that's just no, not a problem nowadays. Uh, kids just are. I've got things.
1: about, yeah, I've got hundreds up there, and I just, I don't watch them, but I can't dare to part with them either.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I've got about three hundred tapes, and and I'm just like, no, nice. no, they're just they're staying. I need to, I need to pop in December to Dismember as it was on Sky uh, Box Office someday in the future, uh, and hope just, the tape breaks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> maybe, but no, it's just yeah, one of those things. I'm just like, I can't, I can't get rid of them. Um, anyway, so. I was, I was just going to say, there's one other thing
1: as we go along here now. Um, in December, early December of 1991, there was a wrestling show near me, and they were advertising Sergeant Slaughter, which was never going to happen because he was working for WWF, but of course, I don't know that. And a lot of people didn't know that either, and he drew quite a good house. Now, surprisingly, in the intermission, the promoter came out, and I don't know, I've tried to find out who ran this show, I have no idea um and said unfortunately sergeant slaughter's plane has been delayed and he's not going to be here okay so however i did see big daddy in the main event Um, i got his autograph after and he called me weird because i said he smelled funny so that was my initial interaction with the, my first interaction with the wrestler now the funny smell um for anyone who's ever been in a locker room will know that the usual smell is links and knee pads because I don't think anyone has any idea how bad knee pads smell. It's it's the worst part of being a wrestler. And when I see anyone put anyone in a like a head scissors or something, I I would tap straight away just to have those knee pads around you. Good God! But
0: it, yeah, so, yeah. better I'm, or worse than some of the front rows that you've you've uh, interacted with.
1: <laughs> no comment. Um, Let's just say I move around a lot sometimes as a manager. I did. I used to move around a lot. Um, yeah, but people were people. Um, I never got attacked up in Scotland when I managed, but I did get attacked in Wales. So I suppose that's a that's a compliment to me. Absolutely. Somehow. So was As it always a man in the street. I get attacked in the street lots of times, but you can't blame <laughs> people in here, you know. Uh,
0: was it was always managing that you you were drawn to initially, or was it just was, you just enjoy watching? Know, it it, all,
1: it always was because my guy started in Office Jimmy Hart. Um. Right. And Hulk Hogan, and they consistently stayed. And I was the kid that always liked Skeletor in He-Man and mum ra and Thundercast. I was always drawn to the more villainous type of character rather than the the face, rather than the baby face. So, it so Jimmy Hart to me coming out with his megaphone, the colorful suits and everything, I was just totally drawn to that. And I don't have an athletic bone in my body, and I I realized at that point I could never do it. But my dream was to get out there and manage. But of course, in 1991, an 11-year-old kid, I had no idea how I could possibly formulate that plan. And the people I did ask then, later in school said, well, if you're going to be a manager, you're going to need a financial degree. You're going to need this, that, and the other. Because they're looking at it from a completely different thing as if I'm going to be a shoot manager. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm thinking, well, I can't, I can't do any of that. So. That was as a kid, and then I realized, oh, hang on, I just need to go and stand out there and shout. Um, but then I learned there was a lot of water to it than nap, but we're jumping way ahead now, so
0: we'll, we'll kind of get into a little bit of middle point. So you said Hulk Hogan, Jimmy Hart was your your favorites growing up, and uh, was it always WWF? I don't know if,
1: and no, I love WCW as well, so I'd say it was um, Flair came into WWF in 91 and. I was instantly drawn to him as well because so was the heels i always liked the heels uh so my two then and my two now would always be hogan and flair it's just been a consistent for me as we go along and so yeah i'd watch WWF, i watched wcw i'd watch ec you know that 1997 arguably has to be looked at as the greatest year for wrestling you had WWF firing on all cylinders with the Hart foundation and the rise of austin you had WCW with the NWO and the Sting angle. You had ECW going on as well. And they had loads of stuff going on there. But I wasn't a massive ECW fan because it was difficult to watch. You know, you'd have to get you'd have to trade tapes to go in there. And I I was more concerned of getting the uh, WCW pay-per-views. So I could watch the others, but there was no way of watching WCW pay-per-views over here. So it would be a trade to them in and they wouldn't be the great commentary. Well commentary wouldn't be the greatest of quality. But yeah, so those th- those were the main things really for me. But those three companies growing up, and then the tragedy in two thousand and one when they all went, and um, ever since then it's been for me personally much less of a of an interest in wrestling, um,
0: much less of a priority to watch. It's more in case of just
1: just yeah because you know there's no competition even with WWE and AEW because they're not directly opposite each other. I know they did the NXT thing, but they said it's just not the same, you know. It's just not the same that Raw and Nitro were, and it was uh, a, and, and I think because there's no social media, that was another one wonderful thing at the time as well. Um, so, as, as good as the internet and everything for that has been, I think it's it's hurt wrestling for a lot of people as well.
0: It's, yeah, it's, he it's says, even...
1: doing an interview with you over the internet now on
0: a podcast because it's easy access that that yeah that's ruined things quite because before. I mean, i i i got into the i got into wrestling about ninety eight ninety nine. So I, I missed that ninety seven buzz that you're you're yes. talking about. Even though even though I do hear, I lost a lot of OSW review and um they they go on about ninety seven like it's the the best year ever. <laughs> so eventually, maybe
1: <laughs> oh. I, I can't see any other year beating it when you, because you're never going to have those companies again putting on that level of with yeah. those level of stars. You know, look at it, Austin, Brett, Then you had Hogan, Macho. Um, staying—you had all those guys, you know—and I don't think you, you're not going to get that again. You know, you just you just not because of how people how people wrestle these days, and how people if they don't come through a machine where they all wrestle exactly the same, or they they wrestle a, a style of wrestling that I don't think draws the casual person to it. I really don't. I I I just think. But there we are. We're not going to get into that because everyone calls me old-fashioned. But that's fine. So I'm going to yeah. be good. I'm going to behave.
0: Well, uh, hopefully I'll, I, mean, I, I I might change that if, if I throw my opinions uh, in, in, yeah. in. But no, it's like like for me, AW. I can't get into it. I try. I've tried, but it's just not. It's not for me. It's not aimed at me. Um, because I'm just no. Well, that's
1: I'm, that's, I'm, that's what you got to look at. Wrestling isn't aimed for me either. You know, yeah. um, but. If people like it it's fine if people yeah. you know it, it, and that 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 is the main thing it doesn't matter what goes on a wrestling show
0: as long as the fans like
1: it and yeah. that's it we can't all be the same
0: oh, we were. that would be terrible would be, it uh, would be terrible
1: i don't want to be like you you know <laughs> see i can't help it i gotta throw <laughs> the deal side in every now and then so from that point
0: onwards then what well, how did you go from um, wanting to be a manager being told that you're gonna have to get a business degree and uh, learn how to do acquisitions to to actually go and oh this is a place where I can learn to do this. How, how's that
1: so, I will shock you by saying I didn't actually get a business degree. Um I was talking to a uh, to somebody over MySpace. Now at that time, there we go, this is a dissertated thing. Um through the UK fan forum which was huge at the time. That's where if you're a wrestling fan, you were on that UK fan forum. And I um Oh, I can't think of his name, Chris Hansen. Sorry, Chris, uh, which isn't his real name anyway. But there you go. He he looked like he had long blonde hair and everything—long hair, long blonde hair—and he looked like he was in Hansen, so he was given that name. And I was I was talking to him, and he was a trainee wrestler. So I met up with him because, as I said, I hadn't, I didn't know anyone that watched wrestling. It was it was just me, literally, up until this time I met him, which had been two thousand and eight, and. I went he's you know we had to chat and a couple of drinks it wasn't a day there it was mm, it's not that sort of thing and he said then he had to go to training and uh, i thought he meant like football training but he was going to wrestling training so i said oh do you think there's any chance i can pop along and just just watch it's, you know because i'm fascinated by this whole thing because i never never seen anything or done anything like that before and he said, yeah, yeah, no problem. So I went in there, paid money to sit there and watch it, which I was fine to do like other trainees would. And I got to know people. I got to meet people. The The training, it was called a um, Celtic Wrestling. It was run by wrestling wrestler named Cayman. Jason Cross would come in as well as a trainer. And Jason had been... Around for ages, he'd done tours of Japan, and he was, you know, still is, really. He does a lot of work up in uh, WAW with Ricky Knight, and he's a, he's a really, really good trainer. He knows the old British style, and there we are. So, and Cayman had been around for a while in the, in the Welsh wrestling scene as well. So, they were really good to me, and they let me let me come on and play, really, with them. And I, it, So, it was a couple of weeks of watching that, and then they said, right, if you want to be a manager we were in a, there' was no wrestling rings so I, again this is what a lot of people who go to training there was no wrestling rings for these guys there was a crash mat and then really thin little match with little mats where they do their flip bumps they do their bumps and everything so they do have it too good today if you're training in a ring I'm like come on you sh- you should be bumping on, on on tiny minute little mats like that uh so so I, I did a I did the world's worst promo I can imagine. So one of the trainees stood next to me and put a mask on, which to this day, I have no idea why. Um, I just blithered a load of crap, which I have blocked it out mentally. It must have been so bad. And they were like, yeah, that was all right. You can be on the next show if you want. Uh, so I was like, okay, great. So, so that was the initial start. And then the, the first show I did, I went there with the, with the thought of being a manager and the, the the guy there who was the gimmick general manager sort of figure hadn't turned up so they said you're going to have to be an acting general manager and come out and basically what the idea was for the match it was a tag title match the one there were two they were two from Ireland they were called Captain Rooney and Connor Hurley and they were the tag champs and they were facing a tag team called method of madness who really did you know well in wales at that at that moment they were quite a, quite a well-known tag team so my job was to come out there and god this was bad and to say right because who was it captain rooney who had like a superman gimmick now i'm sure some i i would i keep meaning to ask some of the irish boys if they've heard of these guys and so Captain Hurley didn't turn up. So there was just Con- uh, Connor Hurley there. I had to go out and say, if you basically, if you don't find a tag partner within a minute, you're going to be stripped of the titles. Okay. So I went out there, played the summer of 69 as my entrance music. Again, no idea why. Out I stormed a million miles an hour, totally nervous, petrified in front of, which was probably about 150 people. I grabbed the mic, and I just froze. I didn't know what to say. I had no idea. Now, thank God, Connor Hurley turned his back to the crowd and mouthed some of the words of what I needed to say and totally saved my ass. And then when I got into it, I finished what I was supposed to say. Awful, absolutely terrible, but you... And even now, the last time I would come because I I commentate now and you don't have the same thing as when you you come out there. But I I will always say to people, if you don't have those butterflies before you go out there, maybe this isn't really for you, because that means you care what you're doing. But unfortunately, it can be really intimidating, especially when you first start. And I don't think a lot of people realise that. But when you go out there in front of a live crowd, it can, it can be really chaotic to begin with. Um, so, yeah, and you get new balls up. But as long as you don't mess up to the degree, as, lo- as long as you don't hurt anyone, you know, th- then it doesn't matter. You're learning. And I think a lot of people will go out there and really overanalyze and over over-critic- criticize people. And unfortunately, the fans do that as well. Because I think the fans, oh, here we go. I'm having a go with the fans now. This is great. I don't mean to, but because they're so so much of wrestling is open and they feel they do know everything that goes on, but they, they really don't. It's, it's, it's difficult to put into words. So when they're openly criticizing somebody for doing a mistake and then other people jump on board that it it can really mess with people mentally, you know, especially if you're a young guy or girl and you are just coming up and then you've got a, you're just hounded on the internet for doing something wrong. You know, um, and that that could be really difficult. But again, you're going to have to pull me back, as as anyone knows me. I will go off to ta- um, off on tangents.
0: That's absolutely fine. If, if tangents seem to be our only thing on this. Don't know if you've ever spent the hours watching our Scottish Swift chats. They've, they've they're like two and a half hours where I ask like five <laughs> yeah. questions. Um, but, but when it when it comes to, I think you're right though, because I've I've noticed like I I don't follow a lot of like wrestling counts on Twitter because. I don't care what their I don't care what their thought is. That's that's the kind of main thing of it. I'll follow the wrestlers, I'll follow the promotions that I need to a couple of folk that I know, that's about it. Because yeah, I don't I don't need to I don't care what Dave Meltzer thinks. That's the kind of and then usually it's gonna be people parroting what Dave Meltzer thinks. So Yeah, and I I, and I
1: think a lot of it is you will see that opinion online and you think, Oh right, well they don't like this, they don't like that. I can't I can't like it either. Mm-hmm. So that you go and watch it then and where you you may have otherwise just enjoy it you've got this mindset now oh i don't like it because they've done this backstage or they've done this or they've done that instead of just watching it you know because people are human beings and i'm not on about the speaking out stuff you know but it's a business there are always going to be politics backstage mm-hmm. it, it's always going to be the case and i think for a lot of people when they open up and say oh somebody wasn't happy with this creative and this that," it's a lot of this you know, just crap. How do they know? Oh, so so I, I read something where it said, Oh, CM Punk and Tony Khan had a meeting and this happened. My God, like, well, how do you know what happened if two people had a meeting in a room? You don't know. You've no idea. Even if one of those individuals comes out and tells you certain things, they're only telling you their side of it. So I, I think there is a, a large population now of wrestling fans, unfortunately. And we're all guilty of it who just love the gossip. Mm-hmm. And, and and that does take away from... Certainly, I'm looking at it as my point of view as a fan when I was a kid. There was no internet. You would sit and watch something, and if you liked them, you liked them. If you didn't, you didn't. Uh, But... So I do feel sad for a lot of people I've spoken to, wrestlers and everything, and as you say for yourself, you missed that 97 year. But also for me, going back to 91, 92, 30-plus years ago, it is astronomically different how wrestling is today. So... A lot of old people like, like me do struggle at times. But again, look, I love the fans. I think they're great. Without them, they don't exist. I love the passion. I love the passion they had for Celtic wrestling. And I absolutely love the passion so many of the fans have for Discovery as well. And mm-hmm. um, I'm talking about the absolute minority that cause problems. Yeah. The majority of fans are fantastic. And the Discovery fans especially have always been absolutely great. To all of us, and without them, there wouldn't be there wouldn't be any discovery shows anyway. So, that's it. They the discovery exists because of them and for them. Same um, with any other
0: kind. But, but yeah, again, I'm, I'm just this seems to be a podcast, and you just make, you making a point point going, yeah, I absolutely agree <laughs> when it comes to Good. Who, That's how it is, life should be for me always. But this, in the same token, is is of course when we do, do I do reviews. Um, I try. It's very different. You can see which ones I do that are that I've watched on YouTube and what I've been there live because the ones I've been there live are more passionate because I've, I'm just taking in the show. I watch it on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, cool. You've got your I, I know the results or or I've got a preconception from comments and that, but it's always nice to see even if you have been critical of someone seeing how well they've gone on to become. Like the, the one that I always pointed, Omar Mohammed. I saw his first match on YouTube, hated it. I didn't like him either, and now mm-hmm. he's probably one of the. Best, most underrated in the country, I would say, uh, when it comes to being an entertaining uh, entity in wrestling. So it, it's it's great great to see that kind of evolution and without that kind of. Access, and again, it's a,
1: it's it's a build. It's so it's so difficult to do it because I used to love drama and doing things like that, and it's the only thing I can compare it to is that because you're going out there in front of a live crowd, but unlike drama, which is you know so infinitely. I got to use the word choreographed, you know, because you know absolutely everything that's going to go on. You can try, and I, uh, yeah, I get it. You've got to have some sort of choreograph, choreography for wrestling, but you've also got to be aware of, right, if this doesn't work, you can't just stand there. As I always say, there you are, you've got the deer in headlights moment where you'll see in a match, Mm -hmm. people just stop because they don't know what to do and they just, you know, grab a headlock and then go from there. And I think you talk about, Omar, you talk about anyone at all that you, you, um, I see so many of these guys and I just, I want them to do well that I want this camera to do well as well. That is more, if I could be just taken up to Discovery or any other show and just be backstage and talk to some of these guys and pass on whatever little knowledge I have just mainly help build their confidence because I've seen a lot of people that were trainees just get completely knocked down and quit. And I think that's so unfair that bullies do that. And there was a lot of people, I'm not going to name them because what's the point? But there's a lot of people who are bullies, you know, and there's there's going to be. And I don't see it anymore now, but it's just going to happen. It's life. So uh, I certainly saw it in the past. Things are a lot, lot better now, thank God. But... You, you know it's and sometimes they'll need that they need that bit of reassurance and someone just to pull them aside and say look things aren't going to be great for you when you go out there you know don't expect it to be mm-hmm. don't put yourself on a pedestal where you're really really worried and this has got to go perfect this has got to go perfect because it's never going to it's never going to. but the fans don't know that that's it yeah that's it and, and I think a lot of people forget it. If they miss something up or it doesn't look great, right, again, my rule of thumb is always as long as you don't hurt anyone, mm-hmm. you know, much like I'm going to do to this phone in a minute. Um, as long as you don't hurt anyone, it doesn't matter. The fans are only going to, they, they don't have a playlist in front of them, the fans, that says, right, this move, this move, this move. All these things are going to happen in order. So if something does go, again, something goes wrong in a match when you hurt someone if something doesn't go exactly as you have planned it don't worry about it just grab a headlock and go for something else but i've seen people go backstage i've seen people at a very high level talk to me and i've had to go have a go at them because they annoy me um beating themselves up because something hasn't gone exactly as they wanted it to go uh, saying like, well it's life just deal with it so Again, that's a tangent. I've no idea. What, so, where am I now? Um, I'm I'm starting managing. I started managing. I'm you have, started managing. Yes. My first official act as a manager is online, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. It was in a, a Royal Rumble. I came out with somebody in a completely silver bodysuit with silver face paint named Twilight, who was part of a tag team called Twilight number one and number two. And I can see you trying to look with your fingers. You're not going to find it and he was barefoot so that was my thing and backstage as a joke um they decided to completely soak my crotch uh fortunately for me sorry sorry, hang on uh,
0: soak 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 soak. just there was a little bit of a delay there that may have sounded something else
1: (laughs) they decided to bleep my crotch yeah (laughs) no they decided to um soak my crotch as if i go out there and it would look like i've completely wet myself Fortunately for me, I was wearing these, like, um, sandy tan color trousers. So, didn't really stand that there. But there's a, there's a lovely photo, which if you want, I will send to you, of me managing in this match, shouting at the guy I'm managing. And then in the background, there are a couple in the crowd with a very passionate embrace, having a good old snog. Which, I don't blame them, you know? It was very erotic, that match, and seeing... Seeing me out there, obviously, with my soaking wet crotch and and also somebody in a completely full white silver bodysuit pretending to know what he's doing would get anyone going. So
0: there we go. Oh, uh, love wrestling. It's, it's just the weirdest thing in the world. Uh so so that was your that was your first taste of it. Uh was not so that mistakes. that
1: was my first taste and i was known as oh god i wasn't known as oh god i was known as the godfather which is a name i gave myself which i thought oh this will be clever the godfather uh, obviously a play on the godfather and it was gilligan gordon who i think he's still still you know gilligan's, gilligan's great he was a manager at the time there with me and he and and he's the first person that really led me to do what i wanted to what i've always wanted to do which is sort of pull people aside and you know give them a bit of advice as best as i can he did that to me so he sat down with me and he said right what does it mean what is your character what is your gimmick as the godfather and literally it was just i like the name and of course he's right there's there's no, there's there's nothing to it. So I pretty much ditched that. And I thought, well, I know a character I can do. I can just be me. Um, I can just use my name, which was mainly because I think I'd forget if, uh, my worry was if I gave myself a name like, oh, I don't know, Bloody Eric or something, I'd forget that name and just call myself, uh, which has happened on commentary a few times. Unfortunately, I've called certain wrestlers by, uh, their real names, which does slip through every now and then, even though I'm the, the, the greatest commentator from the street where I live. That was an issue for me. So I call myself Darren T. Goss, which is my real full name. But in promos, I do like, oh, the T stands for tremendous. Uh, the, the T stands for terrifying, which is what this match will be for you tonight. So it was breakdown and a lot of it was there was no school to learn how to be a manager so for me it was just watching shoot interviews of Cornet. there were a few with Heenan as well because that that was my guy Heenan um if it wasn't for him that's why I wanted to do it I admitted that earlier on but that was my guy Bobby Heenan who's arguably one of the greatest ever because he could do everything he could wrestle he could talk he could bump he could re- you know he could do it all he could absolutely do it all so and that was he wasn't my motivation to do it it was uh, he, yeah motivation but he wasn't my inspiration because I'm not the guy that can go flying around the ring I quickly drew on the fact that I'm six foot two I'm a lot larger than the other people I'm managing be it in height and in size so quickly I adapted after we did a gimmick where I got super kicked and I wore a neck brace for one or two shows which is don't ever do that. That's really painful. I had no idea. Don't wear a neck brace unless you have to. And um, so I, I, I took the super kick, went down, and started using a walking stick uh, because it would give me a bit of a disadvantage. You know, oh, he's using a walking stick rather than there's a huge guy. He's not gonna, um, he's not going to be able to beat people up. Can we just stop it there one second? Are you able to hear my cockatiel in the background?
0: A little bit, yeah. Right.
1: Give me one second. I'm going to try. I put him out the kitchen and covered him up, and he's still going on. I'm going to put him back further out, okay? Oh, so bother. Give it's one... fine. Okay. Give me one second. He's a prick. He's always doing this. One second. <laughs> He can hear me, and he doesn't understand why he's not part of the conversation. That's what that's about. So he's that's further a, back
0: now. Um uh, my, my dog might wandering at some point with the same thought. Uh, mainly, be, <coughs> why have you, you fed me yet? Kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but i no, sorry. I've got a, I've got a technical difficulties um, thing with Brian Tucker on it. That I like. That I have any excuse I want to use. So oh fine. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Which which is funny because we'll probably speak about him a little bit at some point. Uh, where were we then? where were we uh that was all yeah you're, you're no magic you know, no yeah magic. i
1: managed and i so i i got that structure of where we were and I, you know a couple of shows with with Celtic, blah 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 and this is where i think most people will be interested now because this is where i first came up to scotland now i was friendly with a wrestler by the name of matt vaughan and he was booked on the show swe health or something and it had teddy BRC on there and god it was one of the Highlanders.
0: Okay, okay. Right. It'll be it'll be uh, Rory because I, I, I spoke to Rory. Rory, so yeah. So it'll be oh, about it. No, it was i was not sure. Um, it, was it, well, Maybe nine, Virgil
1: was there then.
0: So was it eight? Was it 2011?
1: It it might have been 2010. I think.
0: Okay, right. Okay. It doesn't matter anyway. Yeah, it, really, I mean, yeah, it doesn't. True.
1: It's really irrelevant to this so i i went up there with him and that's the first time i would have met uh alan and randy and as i want to do because i know randy will love this i i wasn't part of that show i wasn't booked for it, i just went up to watch it and i'm in the i'm in the crowd and randy valentine against a wrestler we can't talk about anymore um, but he had the worst match I've ever seen in my life, and I to this day am devastated. There's no footage of it anyway, anywhere. But I know he loves how so I keep bringing that up. Uh, but it was it was abysmal, and uh, and I like Randy. I like Randy wrestling. I'm not knocking him or saying he's terrible, but he's he'd agree with that as well. So yeah, and I, I met D.B.R.C. and things like that, and it was it was just nice to go up there. And then the next year was. The one where they had Roddy Piper and DBRC was back, Chavo was there, Tatanka was there. So it was it was a big card. And by that time I was more friendly with the guys. I'd been up for a couple of other shows before. And this time I was managing. I managed a wrestler by the name of Titan. There we go. And uh, we came out and I believe it was it was young Brian Tucker we wrestled.
0: It was because so, that was my first am. ever Scottish wrestling show. Well, there you go. You, you've sort of you've sort of met me. So yeah, I've I've seen, <laughs> you know,
1: you, I've seen you from afar. From afar, I'm not I'm not difficult to miss. It's like the moon, isn't it? Yeah. Uh so yeah, that that was the match, and it you know it was what it was. He came up there, and he he, he put Titan over, and it was a fun experience to go out there, and it was a fun experience to meet some of the guys backstage and talk with them, and you know I I become friendly with. I know I'm going to keep bringing this back, but of course it's a purpose for saying. I was friendly with Alan and Randy at that point. And I came back here then, back to Cardiff and back to Cardiff, back to Wales, uh, a couple of other companies, this, that, and the other. And then we shoot forward to 2014, which was the first Discovery show.
0: So we skipped skipped a lot of bits there. So I'm going to go back a little bit then. Yeah, yeah, sure. Before then, we had the Goss dynasty.
1: We had the Goss Dynasty, yes, yeah. So, um is that, was um, that your
0: your Hidden family kind of thing?
1: Well well it, it was more a tribute to Paul Bearer and the uh, Pringle Dynasty. Right. Okay. So when he managed as Percy Pringle, he had the Pringle Dynasty. Uh so that's where I took that from. And it was it was fun to do a... It, it's it's always fun to do a fashion like that. And um selfishly i sort of called it the Goss Dynasty, but as I realised with wrestlers coming in and out, in and out, it was it was wise to do because as long as I'm involved in it, the, the name made sense, you know, as much as I dislike the thought of it all being around me, I, I, there, I work with, um, a f- still friend of mine to this day, uh, he wrestles as Danny Owens. He's got his own company called carnage pro wrestling. So anyone who's listening to this from Wales, go and check them out. And I, I had a long issue with him back and forth and I remember doing one promo where I stood on the stage and I called him a little runt and we had quite a few complaints because people thought I'd said something other than runt. Should we put it that way? And you know, this is a family friendly podcast, but just use your own imagination. So needless to say, I didn't. And and th- those shows were fun. I mean, that that was around that time is when I was chased into the bathroom by about 30 kids. And, I was stuck. You're stuck in a cubicle. What can you do? You know, you can't come out swinging. Um, and I'd walk around ringside and you get kicked. They try and trip you up, but it's fine. As long as they didn't like me, that was, that was the main thing. Uh, but so I, I enjoyed managing and I, um, the opportunity, I mean, I still carried on managing. I still did that and discovery at the same time, but discovery was solely commentating. Uh, cause I, I figured out reasonably how to manage so I can sort of pull people aside and say, look, you're doing too much. You're taking the attention away from the person in the ring. And I'm able to say all this because I'm the one that buggered everything up for so many years mm-hmm. and you, you learn as you're going along and you learn what you're doing wrong. And it's, it's the same for wrestling matches. It's the same for everything. I'm a big believer that less is more. Mm-hmm. And I, oh, I, I didn't say I ran my own company in that time as well. So just mention that it was called Pure Catch. It was a nightmare. I was awful. I was the worst promoter in the history of humanity, and it lasted about a year.
0: Um, I do have Pure Catch written down because when you when when you Google um, or YouTube uh, Darren Tegos, it's mostly Pure Catch uh, that pops up. Yeah.
1: So there's, there's a couple of things in there, and I, um. Try and avoid putting yourself on shows if you're promoting a show, but that's one that Matt Vaughn helped me a lot with. Um, you know, again, if I, I don't speak to him anymore now, uh, just it's life. Sometimes things change, and he's not involved in the business, and it just was. It wasn't for me, and the reason I knew it wasn't for me is every match is set out for a certain amount of time, and one of the wrestlers who I <laughs> memory fails me now. He'd come down from England as a, tra- a trainee and he injured himself in the match and he'd really hurt his arm. And I remember talking to him backstage and I was—he was he was apologising and I was so angry with him because he'd messed the flow of the match-up. And I remember going home that night and thinking, I don't want to be that person. You know, that's, that's not me. And I felt, and I still feel bad to this day because that's not who I am you know so I felt really guilty about that and that that and I just wasn't any good at it And I'm, I'm not that person you know I'm not a promoter I'm not like so many others like Alan and what have you have got a good head for this I just I'll I deal with myself and the little that I do um <laughs> I'm happy with that so yeah it was about a year and it was what it was you know um Nothing, nothing major to write home about. I'm afraid. And before no
0: discovery, there was a poss- there, there was a possible chance we were going to meet at one point. Um, we've already mentioned the company, so it's fine. Uh, we, we were both we were both in the SWV general manager. Will and we?
1: Well, we oh, i got no memory of that. Sorry.
0: Uh, oh, it, people want to forget, and they should. Um, yeah, it was it was. I invited fans to do promos and stuff like that. And then you, you'd you put one in as well. Um, and someone who cannot be named also did. And we were all gathered in the ring and you put, I think you, you'd sent in like a five minute audio clip to play and they only played like 60 seconds of it.
1: <laughs> Probably just as well, yeah. I must have been told to do this. I'm sure this wasn't willingly me wanting to do it. I'm sure I was told to do this or asked to do it. Um yeah I got a vague memory of sending that clip in. Um
0: yeah but yeah, when you speak about freezing in the ring that was my first ever time with a microphone and I just
1: Oh yeah 100%. Yeah, you will know exactly what I mean then when you go out there. Um I I probably would a bit today now because it's been so long since I've got up in the ring and done anything. I did it for discovery once with somebody who also can't be named. Um but it's there may be a bit of this today. Um but yeah, it is. And again, you know, it's it's an intimidating thing because you're not used to it as a human being. It's not, you know, not public speaking. is isn't really something that happens. I mean, you don't go into Asda and grab the mic and start talking to everyone. You might. Maybe people should. And they get better at this then.
0: But uh, yeah, I'll, I will go into the, the details here. You can. I've, I've done it in our podcasts where I've, I've went where I have mentioned names I can't mention on here. So we'll just move on. <laughs> yeah, I know it's difficult, isn't it? I, I try. <laughs> this this is supposed to be a positive podcast. I'll, I'll because, oh
1: yeah, you got me on it. This is the, this is a laugh. It's the most miserable human being in the world.
0: They're positive podcast. We've already went fans. Just go on grow up. Um, anyway, so small,
1: small minority of fans I said, <laughs> not Discovery fans. They're fantastic, every single one of them.
0: Speaking of Discovery then, this is this is Speaking where of... the the meat and potatoes of this podcast is probably going to be uh, okay. about, um, is, is Discovery Wrestling. So, yep. Inception in 2014, of course, I have a lot of facts in my head recently because I did the, the all about the disco story so far, so yep. I have a lot of things whirling about, about it. Um, what was, so how did Alan approach you? It was Alan and Alex at the time, but how did they approach you with this concept and the what was your commentary? What was the backstage about that?
1: Well, Alan and I had had a minor falling out. And once we realised it was nothing we'd done, but um, certain other parties, as you can probably guess where I'm going, then, okay. And uh, so he talked to me and he had this concept of, having commentary on the show but not two scottish commentators so it would stand out a bit so you'd have one scottish voice and then another voice so he'd ask me if i wanted to do it now i'd never ever ever done commentary before so i i was i was happy to do it i wanted to come up i was happy because it had been like three years or so since i was up in scotland and so i was happy to come back and reconnect with everyone and sort of a I was happy to start a new chapter with this and think, "Oh, right, commentary is something I'd always wanted to do, but the situation had never presented itself." So that was it. Alan messaged me and we had a little chat and we had a catch up and and that was it. I was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to do it. Let's let's go." And that was it, really.
0: And of course, Randy being okay. your, your, uh, well, Randy here
1: here. Well, Randy has done it before. So the first few shows, about well, first few shows, even today, going up a randy takes the lead and he is the one that steers the ship and i'll always say that and i'm the one that makes it pretty i'm there for the looks you know i'm there for the people can care basically because they're not going to care about randy because he's considerably older than me so he could go at any time on commentary any minute you look at him and you think this could be it for him so someone needs to step in and that's why i'm there
0: um, was, was there any like like I think I spoke to Randy about it. Or did our episode with him? But was there any concerns when you when you knew it was going to be Randy thinking he's not going to do the American accent the whole time, is he? Uh,
1: that was that, that was addressed beforehand. That wasn't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And that, that would have all come
1: from Randy. He did monitor this, which yeah. would have been – it would have been a nightmare for him, having to put a, a voice on on top of everything else. But, no, he realized our job there, which it was then and it is today, is to put the guys over, guys and girls over.
0: Excuse me, I'm drinking water. That's, that's all right. It's, it's, uh, it's legal. you got to clarify
1: Sorry. that. It's not vodka. It looks like it. which wish it was. <laughs> Uh, Uh, yeah so but i i can't put over randy enough as much as i joke about him and and he he knows that and we've we've just been great well i mean next year it's 10 years you know it's it's 10 years so um it's gone very quick but it's 10 years of doing commentary with him and yeah i've really enjoyed it it's really been good and so i took the commentary back to some friends when i admitted um omitted I should say though he should be admitted into a mental hospital probably can't say that but there you go um by the name of Joe who I can't name because he's very into kayfabe so I can't tell you where he works or under what gimmick he works but I was able to send him a lot of my stuff a lot of the commentary and he gave me um abusive feedback which is what I wanted so bit by bit, I got better at it, you know, and to the point that I, I, there's no complaints. And if people are happy with it, Alan's happy about it. It's fine. It's, I look at what I do now over the past few years and think, "Eh, that's been pretty good actually, you know, which is before I would never have said that because I'm very harsh at myself, but I think we're definitely in a good stride now, Randy and I, and I, I hope people feel the same way.
0: Well, I mean, there's something I I certainly enjoy. I, I, I tried, I, I, because I was it was during this pandemic thing I was like oh no I, I, I've never tried I've never tried commentary i'll 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 give it a go so I got a match yeah. I got a match sent in from from uh, uh, Taylor Bryden, set with the match because he was like it hasn't gone out yet or hasn't gone out at all so it's fresh you can watch it I did the commentary Jesus it is a lot more difficult than it ever is presented to like it it, it, it sounds like a difficult job anyway because you've got to keep people engaged you've got to keep it interesting. Uh, but I was watching this going, I'm trying to stop myself just watching. I've got to actually yeah, see words to go with it.
1: Again, I'm not naming names, but there's a, a lot of people that do struggle to realise you don't put yourself over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think oh, I've seen a lot of people that do. And I don't think they're probably even aware of that. But especially a lot of wrestlers that do it because, of course, it's not even a knock on them, but they're so used to doing promos of themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think for me it probably helped being a manager because my promos are about other people anyway so i think that was definitely a massive oh excuse me a massive benefit for me was being a manager and doing promos for other people and then you go in there and learn and that's just from studying other people how they've done commentary what they do what they say why they're safe. oh excuse me i got wind i do apologize people so yeah but i i I really do enjoy it and I hope people are happy with what we do and I hope it adds something and I hope the, the, the you know the the guys and girls are happy with it and as long as they are then'm I'm, I'm good with it
0: so you mentioned you mentioned like studying things like cornet and and heenan as as well um when it came to not only as the managing side of things but of course these mm. quite profi- prolific commentators as well um but again was that was that conscious decision that when you watch back things now, is it more of a commentator head that you're watching it with? Thing going on, did this little thing that I might bring into? Oh God,
1: everything to... I do, I've stolen from Heenan. It's not even a, it's not even a question. Um, it's it's what I did. But no, I, I watch a lot of. I'm watching more heel stuff. It's um. Th- there was a time Randy wasn't there, and I I did commentary, on my own, and then I did commentary with somebody else. So I'm the lead commentator, and I've got to be more of a straight guy, doing it. No, <laughs> it's not great because it's not it's not my comfort zone. You know, all of a sudden being this guy, I, I need to I need to put people down to build them back to build them up. If you know what I mean, you know, I've got a way of doing it, and my way of just of, of doing what Randy does is much more difficult than doing what I do. You know, being that straight guy is is much more, much more difficult than, you know, being the play by play more than the colour. But I I think there's also a mix of it, you know, it's not a straight role that way. You know, there's sometimes I'll step in and call things and, you know, and there's other times Randy can step in. So there is a mix. Well, usually people will say you've got to have a you know, a play-by-play, and then you've got to have a colour commentator. And maybe they're right, but for me and Randy, it just it just works what we do that way. But yes, certainly again, Joe, who, um, you know, he he helped me out a hell of a lot. And, um, God, Dean Ayers is another one. I, I spoke to Dean a lot, and Dean gave me lots and lots of good feedback. So, I've tried, and there's a lot of other people I message that wouldn't help didn't want to help or just ignored me um which again is something i would never do to anyone but eh, it is what it is that's fine so you that's the only way you get better the the best way you can get better is to get as much feedback as you can and quite frankly as much criticism as you can because that's how you learn but a lot of people don't like criticism and there you go so tangent
0: I, I'm one. I'm one of those people. So if anyone has anything bad to say about my podcasting, don't leave me alone. Um, no. Just leave leave me to enjoy what I do. <laughs> there's
1: criticism, and then there's constructive criticism. That's the thing. You need to be as long as people are constructive about what you're doing, don't just say, "Oh, you're crap," or "Whatever you're doing, oh, it's rubbish," or "Why is it rubbish?" Mm, you just don't like it. Don't give me. If a fan doesn't like something, that's fine. They don't have to excuse it that uh, if, if you can break down what somebody's doing which i I did last week i listened to some commentary from somebody and i was able to give them a lot of feedback it's like I, i'm not going to name who it was and it's, it's nobody any of you guys would know anyway but after every move they would go oh my god oh my god and i said well you you keep doing that but when they do do something which is either going to lead to the finish or something really spectacular what are you going to say You've already done everything. It's like if if you have a match and they go through tables and barbed wire and fire in the first five minutes, what do you do for the other ten minutes? <laughs> so, but there we go. That's, again, trying to behave. Got to be positive. You get me on as a positive podcast. That's the biggest rib ever. So,
0: that, that, again, I, you, Billy,
1: where we going next?
0: I, I, well, I'm, I'm still, I'm still on this because I had the same thing. Um, that's why I did that. I did that little like demo thing for myself because I, I was watching shows. Um, again, I wouldn't name it. Although if you find it in my reviews, you'll find out which one it was quite easily. Uh, I was watching a show and the commentary was just bad. It was just, it was. There was. The thing that annoyed me most is they, didn't, they couldn't call move names and they didn't. They barely knew who was on the show, so they didn't do any notes, which would, which irritated me so much. I Thought I can do this, and I did it. I went, No, I can't. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it was just one of those things where I, I'm listening to it going, No, you've not done the bare minimum work to do this, so yeah, you shouldn't be doing it. Okay, I think. And uh, I'm saying this to someone who who hadn't done it, so I was like, I'll, I'll prove, I'll show you, you, you'll see. And I did it, I was like, No, it's a bit more difficult, but I still think I did a better job. Um, anyway, well, it's
1: just trial if you want to do it, then. Just keep doing it, you know. Again, you're not going to do it once and be perfect at it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. Just, just keep at it, you know. That's the, that's the advice I give for anyone for anything. Just keep, just keep going.
0: So that's why I'm at episode 200 and of this of this uh, podcast, and I'm still no better, but we're still trying. We're still trying. We're still trying. Around yeah. about a
1: thousand, you might start to
0: hit your stride. Maybe, we'll be like Maybe to speak you to I might get a greater one for the second time at that point. All uh, right, so. We've caught where are we at then. So at that point, you said you were still doing some managing. Uh, you're doing some bits at Reckless Intent. The the Ghost Dynasty was was still kind of active at that point. I think you had Dicky Divers in there somewhere.
1: Yeah, I, I th- that came later on. My um, so I was doing managing back in Wales, and it would have been a couple of years into into Discovery. Then and I started doing stuff with uh, Reckless Intent, and I was I still am very close friends with Michael Chase, Mikey. Um, He's a great guy. Uh, he was running the company then. And, yeah, just, just came in there. Because he usually would work quite well, because a lot of times there'd be a Reckless show on the Saturday and then a Discovery show on the Sunday. So I could come up and I could do both of them. Uh, as far as Reckless goes, my number one memory and the thing I enjoyed, my, my favorite thing as a manager was we actually did a show on my birthday. And we had this birthday cake which went into my face. Uh, I really enjoyed that, but I nearly died doing it because it was Sugar Dunkerton and Grado and they rammed the cake in my face and they didn't let me up. So the cake had just all built up down my throat and I had no breath going. So everyone's holding me laughing and I can't move. And I'm like, I'm going to, this is it. This is how I die. and I I, I, I wasn't first on there because you see a lot of people were very happy this was happening to me if you look at any of the footage. Uh, because they're all scum what can i say every every one of those wrestlers that held me there is all scum and uh, but yeah no that was that was great fun that was my that was my nod to jim corner that thing so that was my favorite thing as a commentator i've done it before i've had my cake my face put in lots of different cakes but i've never nearly died so i think i gave more to the business that night i don't know how many people have died from having a cake put in their face but so i hope that's that's a first in wrestling so yeah we did a lot of stuff i i um uncle bobby and uh some of the bullet club, bullet club the buffet club came over and i managed them um in reckless as well and i to this day got a really good friendship with uncle bobby now he's living over in canada uh rob cage um and he's having a good old time over there so yeah a, a lot of the journey is making friends you know making making good knowing good people up there and um Theodorus is another one, um, very short person, little Greek person with a mohawk, but really good friend, really good friend of mine. Um, and who else? So, yes, you say I manage divers. Um, god, I don't know. Tell me what did I do? I have no idea. I don't I, remember these things.
0: I mean, I, I, now, I know, now I remember why uh, Sugar, Sugar Duncan liked when, when I announced you're going to be on the show, he did like it so like they all the status. So, oh, yeah, I can't explained. even remember
1: nearly killing me. That's right. Yeah.
0: No, uh, he's a guy. What I do have noted, though, is uh, you are a former champion in Reckless. Of course, being a I Reckless Intent hardcore champion.
1: The greatest Reckless Intent hardcore champion. I defeated Randy Valentine via massage pinfall. and um, I lost to Doug Williams, which is a very weird thing to say um, via handshake. Um, however, I am undefeated in a actual wrestling match, I did pin Danny Owens. So, you uh Don't need
0: to yeah. wrestle anymore when you're you're, you're undefeated. That's... No, that's it. I mean, I,
1: I it's not like I'm going to say it was a gauntlet match and three other people beat the hell out of him and I just came in and pinned him. That would never be what happened. In fact, it was actually nothing like that. It was a very competitive match. Uh, but no, I just walked in there and pinned him, and that was it. Which is all he deserves. Look at this. Randy Valentine sent me a message. He can get stuffed. See. People, I've, I've messaged a lot of people, and they think, oh, he's got an ego. I just said, leave me alone, because I'm doing a, I'm doing this interview now. And I don't want people messaging me, because I have to be on my phone. But there we are. Randy doing a run-in. I'm not going to read the message, because it's probably obscene if it's coming from him.
0: But I'm just going to double-check my messages to make sure he's not he's not uh, asking any questions or sending expletives at my end to try and put you off. Um, which he hasn't for now. So we we'll we do got, but we have got a bunch of questions, so we'll we'll get to those because I think they're they're more they're more about your your time in Welsh wrestling because it's been sent by the Twitter account Welsh underscore wrestling, so that seems to make sense. Okay. So they're they're, they're interesting because I mm. don't know about like there's three questions, two of them I have no idea where they're going to go. One I'm hoping that there's nothing really that we can't speak about. Anyway, so number one, two two star jumps versus Kiss Me's ribs.
1: Yeah, this is someone failing at being funny. Um, God, how do I explain all this now? Tutu was a trainee back down in Wales, and he was called Tutu because he was very, very nervous at doing anything in front of someone. So uh, we had, I don't think it was me, I'm not taking responsibility if it was, had the bright idea that from Cardiff to Canton, where the wrestling was held, which about a 20-minute walk, uh, he would wear a tutu. In front of everyone. And everyone would sort of laugh at him or what have you. And just to get him used to making a fool of himself in public. Um, and he, he promptly quit. You know, a couple of weeks later he was gone. Uh, Kiss Me is the name of... I know exactly who sends all this in. But I'm not going to dignify him with acknowledging him. A... God, am I going to say this now? Somebody works in Burger King. Somebody who works in Burger King and his name actually is Kiss Me. So... And there you go. This is of no interest to anyone, but needless to say someone who th- is failing at being funny here.
0: Oh, I'm very scared about the second question then. So it's, uh, ask him to explain the Chicken Battle Royale. The, the Chicken
1: Battle Royale. Okay, right. So one of the Celtic wrestling shows I, I booked for, my, for, for, their, for their sins, and the main, the main event was a Battle Royale. Uh, Royal Rumble sort of thing um it started off by a wrestler going out even though it was a royal rumble and saying this was an uh, an invitational for him it was and it, which it wasn't it was a royal rumble match so that was wrong there was one of the the trainees got injured and they ran and they said i'm not going to name names in this because it's not fair they ran back to me and they said so-and-so has been injured one of the trainees has been injured and it was um ed eddie dennis what eddie dennis who was you know in nxt and all that i can't remember what yeah eddie dennis he worked as and i said was it ed because he was booked to win the rumble match this would have god when was this about 20 2008 2000 no 2009 say so i said was it him and they said no and i said oh thank god you know just a a, a dead trainee at ringside as long as it wasn't him Uh, another one took a I don't know how he did it he sort of went over the top rope managed to go through the second rope at the same time and hit face down on the ring apron and uh, nearly killed himself there a referee decided to wrestle as a ninja and he got thrown over the top rope and uh, twisted his ankle and it just became known and, and, and after Burger King I just called it the Chicken Battle Royale because it was just a, a, a cluster fudge, let's put it that way. So, yeah, that's, that's that. That that was certainly a match.
0: Wow! So pretty much, uh, except except uh, Dennis not getting injured, everything that could go wrong went wrong. Kind of match. He
1: didn't get injured. Yeah, he d- he didn't get injured, and so that that was the blessing that the person I wanted to win actually won. Um it it became it was almost it was almost like a sudden death match because they were dropping like flies <laughs> with. <laughs> It was all right. It was the main event. They'd all wrestled other matches and came back for the Rumble. So if you're going to get injured, do it then. Because I don't care. Because you're not wrestling again. And it's out of my. Eh, it's not my.
0: We uh, we do have our our main questions that we ask everyone. Uh, the mm-hmm. ridiculous questions. Our first one being: What's your favorite dinosaur?
1: I think it's going to be a Velociraptor. Nice, simple, right? I think they're the the most vicious and the uh, the smartest.
0: And the other question we ask everyone is what would win a fight, two sheep or one cow?
1: I think sheep are are very, obviously coming from Wales, there's going to be a lot of uh, references to sheep towards me. So there are more sheep than people in Wales, by the way. So if they ever decide to uprise, they can take over. So which is the fear of every Welsh person. Uh, a couple of towns away from me, we don't know how it happens, but sheep keep getting onto the top of people's houses. So I think sheep are very underlooked. I, I think don't think people realize the dogged determination of a sheep to climb on the roof, which means they could kill if they wanted to. I think a cow could only kill if it panicked and ran someone over, but I think we we don't know the full potential of what a sheep can do.
0: Love it. I love the answer. I love this question. Uh, two years, I still love asking that question. Um, the other thing, so the other thing we speak about. So we've done the questions, we've done the the name stupid questions I ask is is because discovery is such a big part of your your uh, wrestling life now uh, for do the commentary and of course being very close with with the whole setup of it, being friends with Alan and mm-hmm. and Randy, what have you. What have been some of your highlights of working in discovery wrestling, either as a as a commentator or just as as Darren Tigos?
1: I, I think the main thing, um, and I, I think this is the thing that would come across for everyone if they really stop and think about it, it's the relationships you build up along the way. And um, I've got friendships I know that if I was to never do anything in the wrestling business tomorrow, they'd still be there, you know? And uh, uh, of course, the majority of people wouldn't because it's like anything, it's, it's like, uh, it's like going to work in an office. You you quit. You might keep in touch with a few of them, but the majority aren't because, and it's, just, it's it's an acquaintance and the one thing you've got in common is you work in this show. So it's not a knock on absolutely anyone, but that's just how life is with everything. But there's there's people I'm very close with, um, and I'll I'll go through them with you now. Um, as I said, Joe before, um, Theodorus definitely is one of my closest friends. Um, all these people are, but he's he's gone above and beyond. And I want to shout out to the only really good thing about Theodoros, which is his dog Tyson. Um, so I i wanna name drop Tyson. Um Alan and Randy, you know, they're like like brothers to me. You know, they really are. We've all been through a lot together and they've been there for me in a lot of difficult times and I I really, really, really means a lot to me. Uh, one of the, the the newbies over the past few years has been Jack, Jack Morris. And um, yeah, just, just going through a lot of stuff with Jack as well. And, you know, and he's, he's just, he's a really, really good guy. And my God, he's got such a phenomenal future in front of him. He really, really has. So I know oh, big Johnny Perks, you can't forget him. Big Huma, who I don't know if you've seen his incredible weight loss journey.
0: I've seen a bit of he's quite he's quite quiet on social media he's quite a private person but I've seen seen some oh,
1: yeah he's 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 lost dozens of people in weight let's just put it that way literally not dozens but he's done a great job and I'm really proud of what he's done there um so yeah anyway that's, that's not really your question is it highlights would be the um elite show and not being able to hold the microphone properly the the show where we had Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. It was just, it was something really special. You know, we had, Co- and then there was another show where we had Cody there. Um, Chris Sabin in the first show, and there was a, a very unlikely friendship between me and Chris Sabin. So um, who else have we had? We had Sugar Duncan done over there a few times. He's a great guy. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I, I, I really think, one of the most memorable moments will be that elite show. Mm-hmm. You know, it was something really special. The fans were into it, and it, it was good. And it just showed, you know, it, it really showed what what the fans can do, and what you know, the wrestlers coming together we can all do as well. And it, so it wasn't just about those three; it was about all of us. You know, it was it. It didn't look like they just came into this company, and obviously, you know, really, really stood head and shoulders above everyone else who they wrestled that night in my opinion were equals to them in that match um the presentation of the company looked great everything about it and they they fit in and they i know they were happy with it there um and i i know i'm going to be missing a hell of a lot of stuff now um and and i'm unable to hold my camera oh god this camera phone um so yeah i i would think there's there for me as i say personally it's the relationship the friendships but from an actual show point of view, gotta got, a, got a point at that one. And I do, I do love the Halloween ones we've done as well. We had a zombie match, mm-hmm. we had all sort of business. We had a Nightmare and Elm Street street fight where um, two other great guys, the best tag team in, spanned, the best tag team in in the in the UK, call it whatever you want, uh, the Kings of the North, just absolutely fantastic. Two great guys as well, so talented. Uh, they came out in my Freddy Krueger clothes, which I appreciated. So, just loads of money. There's not been a Discovery show where there's not been something I've really enjoyed. Uh, everybody who goes out there, I haven't got a bad word to say about anyone. They go out there and they put the graft in, you know? There's a lot of... And, and again, highlights for me are some of the, the younger guys. Um, you've got Ryan Richards, who's got unlimited potential. You've got Oh, God, there's so many we've we've seen on there. Ian Skinner. If you if you uh, look at the the card that we just had on June third for Reckless, and there's so many names on there, you know, up and coming. And I think that that's that's what discovery can be now is to discover new guys, and we'll see a lot of that on July the first as well. Because what's happening on ju- July the first, Billy? Everybody knows this.
0: Oh, of course, they'll they'll all know that Disco Darby's coming. Wonder
1: everyone's talking about this you know i go out into the street people that don't even know what wrestling is i've heard of the disco derby they don't know what's going on they don't know what it is but they've heard about it and because it's the biggest event that discovery does you know we've, we've got that disco derby match and i can't wait i think it's going to be absolutely fantastic i'm not going to tell you who's in that match who's in that derby You've got to find out yourself the names are being announced as we go along and um my pick to win it. Do you want to know who my pick to win it is? Go, go for it. The last man in the ring who gets his hand raised. That's going to be the guy. So I will tell you my pick to win it at the end of the match and see if I was right on it.
0: That, that's 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 absolutely fair. That sounds. That's, so that's July first at
1: the um, Edinburgh Sports. No, Edinburgh, uh,
0: Sports Pleasant Sports
1: Complex. Right. There you go. Oh, come on. That's 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 a mouthful. Um, um, said. Uh, Bishop to the choir boy. So,
0: yeah, <laughs> uh, and and on that bombshell, I think the, yeah, a lot. I think we've, we've pretty much covered it. Uh, before we before we go then, so we we, we kind of in about an hour, we've we've scooted through fifteen years of Darren Tegos. We've we've got your no. highlights from Discovery. We've we've had some some interesting stories as we've went along. Uh Is there anyone in the future that you see you mentioned some guys? you've, you've seen the upside of like your Ryan Richards and Ian Skinner and a, a guy that you'll have seen at this point, And I'm hoping for big things is Ronan King as well. Uh, he's going to be, he would have been on that Livingston show. Uh, I'm sure he did phenomenally uh, as well. I guess Judas Gray, because that match just screams amazing. Yeah. Um, is there anyone that, that you you want to commentate for? Is there anyone that you've, you've watched and thought, Oh, I could, I could, I can make them look, I can make them bigger on a on a on a media platform with my words
1: anyone who is going to use their their brain to further themselves correctly anyone who's got passion for the business anyone who's realizes what they're doing there then yeah those guys i'm not going to name anyone in particular but anyone who puts the graft in, and they can be seen by people, people who put the graft in, people who have an absolute passion for this um, and are always willing to learn, always willing to take constructive criticism. Those are the guys. Those are the ones that are – so I, I'm not going to name specific people because it's a it's a process that goes across. So you might see someone who's doing absolutely fantastic now and in a year's time they've got someone pregnant and they don't want to do this anymore. You know, I've, I've seen it a million times. So they've got all the potential in the world and in a year's time, eh, this isn't really for me. So that potential, well, you know, that drive, that passion wasn't really there. There are everyone you named, all the, all the guys and girls that are coming up at the moment, every single one of them has got that opportunity. And it's whether they're going to take it to take that step forward. And I would, if you were going to ask me for any advice on, I could tell them, watch what everyone else does. And try and be different from it. That's the main thing. Because there's a hundred people out there that are Johnny, you know, Johnny wrestler who wanna do who want to do a match that they like, that maybe not the match that the audience like. And that's your main target is the is the fans out there. So I have avoided your question like a politician by just blithering on endlessly, which is my which is my gift to the world. So,
0: well, I mean, yeah. it, gets, it gets to the point. If, if people, uh, if you blither on long enough, I'll forget what question I asked in the first place. So, uh, well, I like,
1: I, yeah, I didn't even know I'm on the phone to someone now. This is just me sat in the house on my own talking to myself now. <laughs> so, um, but we, uh, yeah, there's, there's, look, there's, lo- you know, that there's loads of guys, there's loads of potential coming, you know, whether they, they work for any company, whether they're all over the place. There's so many guys coming up, there's so many great training schools. Uh, with uh Joe Hendry training people, with Andy why, 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 why Roberts. And it was close. I'm getting there. Andy Roberts is training. There's so many guys up there and they're showing the passion and especially with trainers like that. Uh you see how well Joe's doing. There's 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 great and there's great in this um well there's so many other schools that I can't remember now because I'm folks, believe it or not, I'm approaching forty just from the wrong direction.
0: So that's 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 fine yeah. right. I'm 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 now approaching mid thirties, and my memory's just. I have to have everything written down if I'm going to remember it. Uh, but that's oh, a, yeah. that's a nice way to kind of round up uh, the the show and to kind of finish off. I think we we got through without any naming anyone particularly uh, awful. We
1: behaved, yeah. I bad so, behaved.
0: I think uh, uh, my my inbox is safe from uh, any any possible uh, recourse. But you know, who knows? That's the mystery. That's the fun. Uh, So, thank you very much for joining me on the show. Is it? No, my pleasure. Thank you. Anything you want to plug before we we stop? Discovery
1: Wrestling. Go and see it at Disco Wrestling on Twitter, at Discovery underscore wrestling on Instagram, which I hope is right. Um, And on Facebook, Discovery Wrestling. Just go look at Discovery Wrestling, kids. Just type it in. There's stuff on YouTube to watch. There's loads of things on there. If you're not a fan of Discovery, give it a chance. Go along there. July 1st, Disco Derby. In that sports complex you said, which for reasons beyond my control, I can't name. um, I don't know why, but I can't remember that name. But yeah, come along to the Disco Derby. Come along, get your tickets, get them there. Come and see why that's the biggest event of the year. And see not only the present of wrestling, but see the future of wrestling as well.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you very much. No problem. Bye-bye.